Listen, all of you. It's a sabotage. Listen, all of you. It's a sabotage. Listen, all of you. Listen. No, 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 no. I have to correct you as a grammar professor. Listen, all. Listen, you all. Hmm. Or is it listen, all of you? Or y- listen, you all? Well, what's the difference? Maybe listen, all of you is better. Well, anyway, welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. I am Jack. I'm Andrew. It's so good to talk to you guys again. Yeah. How you doing? I think they can't hear us. Shh. Well, or they can How hear us. How are you us. doing, Jack? I'm as well as I can be. You know, I mean, uh, my birthday's coming up later this week. Oh, nice. And, I didn't know uh, you had a birthday. Well, I have one every year. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always the day after St. Patrick's Day. It hasn't nice. really changed in 32 years. Good. Uh, luckily. You know, imagine if your birthday could change. <laughs> Imagine. I was actually thinking of something like that. It oh, was yeah? like, it, it, it would probably go be too long to go into, but it was just like, all right, you're gonna turn, you're gonna turn twelve two months from now. But if you work really hard, you'll turn twelve one month from now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you finish if, all if your, if you work ahead, if you and, finish, and really stay on on top, you you could get you know you could reach that birthday a lot sooner. If you finish all of your homework, Johnny, by five o'clock, you get to turn twelve now. Yeah. You, you, you get what I mean. New PlayStation 4 optional. Um, but uh, I think that we should talk about some movies. Let's me we shouldn't like be around the bush. We should get right into it. Some major things I've done in the past uh, month because we haven't had a proper podcast like this in a little while. Hmm. Um, so I Jack, I'm, what are you up to? Well, I've uh, well I don't know if I'll need spill it. Well, I've finally watched spill Bob. it out. Well, if you're going to talk over me, I won't be able to get it out. Okay. There. I got you. So? I watched Bollywood movies for the first time. Why? Um, well, I have this kind of... Well, partly... I have a, this ongoing project. I want to try to watch all the movies on the IMDb Top 250. And I don't mean just for this year. I want to watch every movie that's ever been on the IMDb Top 250. And the thing about that this project is... Um, it's one thing if you're looking at just the movies that are there now. Um, but if you start going into the past, if you start looking at movies that were there in like the late nineties, when they first started doing this, you get some out of the box titles and things that very likely shouldn't have ever been on there, but it was the internet. It just started. People started to vote for movies. You got Star Trek fans who put first contact or whatever that, the, that movie was in 1996 into the top 10. But also you have a lot of people in the past few years from India who have been voting on movies. So you get movies from Bollywood that enter into the top 250. And so I, uh, and by the way, and with Bollywood, the thing is I've seen Indian movies before, but, um, uh, I don't know how much time I have left. Uh, maybe I'll need a little bit longer. Uh, the two movies that I watched both starred this guy named Amir Khan, who's apparently like the, uh, I don't know what you would compare him as. He's like the, Who's he, George young Clooney? hot guy? No, he's more like a Ryan Gosling, maybe, or someone who's relatively young, and he's like a megastar. And of course, with Bollywood movies, the thing that you need to know about them, they're extremely long. Uh, both the movies I watched were like two hours and 40 minutes, two hours and 45 minutes, and that's short, that's apparently. Like a, that's like a Pirates of the Caribbean right there. Well, the thing is, the, these movies, you know, they, they're not structured like Hollywood movies. They're very long, they're very big. One movie I watched was called Three Idiots which was all about these three guys who go to college and they're up against this 
uh, douchebag uh, professor or this dean or something. It's, it's like the Indian version of Animal House. A little bit, yeah. Well, it's well, it's that, but then it's also the thing about this movie is the tone shifts so wildly because on the one hand, yeah, it's about these you know wild guys who almost are a little bit closer to like the chipmunks. Like, because Amir Khan plays, like, Alvin, and then the other two are kind of like the Simon and Theodore. There's the smart sort of. one and the fat fat one. Yeah, I mean, they're both kind of smart. I don't know if they're quite that, but, but the main guy is almost like an Alvin who schemes a lot. But then the movie is also about how in India, suicide rates are really high no, for really. young people. So then it has these dips into, and I'm serious about this, they'll have a fun musical number that's cut off by somebody falling to their death. Jeez. Yeah. And of Talk course... Talk about shifts in tone. Oh my god, it's a wa- crazy shifts in tone. Like, like, just imagine if during Singing in the Rain, somebody hung in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Make them yeah. laugh, make them laugh, make them... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, during Sound of Music, the hills are alive with the sound of <laughs> Yeah, pretty much that. Um, I mean, it was kind of an entertaining movie. This guy, Khan, is a good actor, but, again, it's just so long. And, and the good side of that is that you do get a lot of things with character, but it's just it's so weird. Then I watched another movie called, uh, like, Stars on Earth, which was... Um, a, a little bit more consistent in tone. This was, and not as many songs. It was interesting because it wasn't a movie that. Uh, I shouldn't. I should stop saying interesting so much. It's. Um, it's about a kid who has dyslexia, but apparently in India nobody know nobody knows what dyslexia is, so they just think that he's stubborn and not really learning correctly. <laughs> And he keeps getting into trouble. Well, someone and he, in India knows what dyslexia is because they made this movie, apparently. Well, well, apparently, well, no, the, I, it's it's a little bit of an after-school special in that sense, where Amir Khan is like this, you know, nice art teacher who's going to get all these students, you know, to free their minds and not be stuck into such tight ways of thinking. And yeah, Indian uh, movies just seem like I don't know if this is a cultural thing or not, but this just—it seems like a like a chore. <laughs> I mean, it's again, they three were, hours long. It wasn't boring. Yeah. I'll give you that. The thing is, though, there are different levels of Indian movies. Like last year, I talked briefly about watching this trilogy called uh, the Apu series. I remember. And uh, this director, Satyajit Ray, I hope I, I probably pronounced that wrong. He's like cat is among like the great filmmakers of all time. And those movies, they're not overlong. They're very compact. They're incredibly emotional and appealing. Well, yeah, but, you're saying there's a difference though between Indian film and Bollywood movies. Well, well, the thing is, Bollywood is the biggest industry there is. It, uh, but is the Apu trilogy? It's not Bollywood in the ways of the movies I watched. The, the, not all Indian films are Bollywood films, but all Bollywood films are Indian films. I guess you could say it like that. The point is, I watch these movies. I may watch more just because I want to knock this out. They weren't bad, though. They were... I was more entertained than I thought I would be. Um, there are times where I did genuinely laugh at a lot of the antics in Three Idiots. And, you know, even in, uh, like, Stars on Earth, a lot of it's treacly. But it's also... Again, this guy Khan, Amir Khan, is such a good actor that I'm... I'm so surprised he hasn't already made a crossover into the U.S. Hmm. And the funny thing is, a number of his movies, like, 
every once in a while I'll notice when I look at the movie show times, I'll see a Bollywood movies playing yeah. nearby. It used to be it was only in North Bergen at that theater. But now, every once in a while, you'll see it like the Wayne Theater or some theater nearby. It won't be everywhere, but certain cineplexes will show these Bollywood likely movies. Likely in places where there's a large Indian population. Most likely. And, um, and you know, that's fine. Uh, but I'm just surprised. Like, this guy, again, is Jack so... Jack approves of Indian movies in small, specific locations. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're in the mood for lots and lots of musical numbers, that kind of feel shoehorned in and, and abrupt tonal shifts yeah i mean the other side though is that because they're so long there is a lot of character development which is good until it becomes soap opera-ish so that's the one issue when things are just so even though there's a lot of character stuff it's just not as compelling yeah uh so i watched so so those are two bollywood movies i watched nice uh anything you want what anything you watched recently i watched uh Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. You mentioned that you were going to watch this. Yeah. So I'm curious what you thought. This is a film that's been a title for me. Okay. For <laughs> it, it's ever exists. since middle school. Well, it's a poster that really sticks the out. The poster is one of the most famous movie posters of all time. Yeah. And this is important to me for very personal reasons, which I won't get into right now. Is there, but is there some kind of... Uh... I'm not going into it. <laughs> We'll get into that in the X-ray version. Now is the time when I'm, you know, anyone can get any movie. So I thought I should see this. Okay. And it's no great movie. Well, but it, it, as it from far the 50s as or 60s? this is from the late fifties. Okay. And it's actually kind of a response to like a whole trend of B movies, like giant things. So she becomes <laughs> so she becomes big from nuclear fallout. Yeah, basically. Uh, and, you know, I've seen terrible movies. I've watched dozens of episodes of Mystery Science Theater. And this is a cut above those. Okay. If this is not, like, a dismal failure, you're, like, Night of the Blood Beast. Or, and it's not even, like, a Glen or Glenda. It has, it has its moments. And, I, and it does have a story that's somewhat compelling. Yeah. The execution is less than adequate. Sure. I mean, like, there's a giant alien who is who is not the, the titular character, but he's dressed in a stock costume from a medieval movie. Oh, God. And I'm like, thanks, costuming. But it's... <laughs> it's nice. It, but it's not terrible. Okay. This is, like, it's just an enjoyable film. Yeah. That, you know, is... I, I, it's kind of like when I watch... It's, it's kind of like when I watch Them... Last year, uh, when them I, is better because them has a lot more going for it. Oh, it has okay. a much better execution and a much better script. Even though it is kind of like a B movie. Yeah, too. it's a it's it's one of the good B movies. Them is okay. Like like <laughs> hey, that's not correct English. It's one of the good movies. If them you is. throw in some comments and some colons, it eventually makes sense. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, them, the thing from another world, those are solid pictures. This is in the middle of... This it's is not between, total crap, but it's not this very is good. underneath them. Uh, <laughs> well, we're going to be here all night if we question your grammar. This is underneath them and way above the uh, Beast of Yucca Flats. Okay. All right. Well, and, and there is one great moment in this film. Okay, like, what is One it? moment of just pure 
cinematic genius. Okay. Where this woman, she's like been brought back from the desert. Everyone thought she was dead, but like she's in her bedroom, and her husband has the, has in his mind to kill her because he wants her money. She's yeah. a wealthy heiress. Yeah. So it's like, oh, if I give her too much of this drug, she'll overdose and she'll die. Yeah. So she he takes a syringe and he sneaks up into her room. Yeah. And he doesn't know there's a nurse following him because she saw him going up there. Yeah. And so he goes into her room without turning on the light, and it's all dark. And he's you could and you could tell he's going to inject her, but the nurse behind him turns on the light, and as soon as you turn on the light, you see that her arm is gigantic. Oh, it's so this it's... fantastic reveal that nice. I was like, okay, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> hey, that, well, that's why a lot of people watch these movies. It's like. All right, in the, in between the kernels of just blah, you have one moment that makes you go, oh, yeah, there you go. All right, fifty foot woman. Uh, um, what was one thing? Oh, uh, is the woman attractive? Yeah, in a general. <laughs> I don't know why I would. I don't know why I'd ask that, but I just because again <laughs> that poster, that's kind of like just as an aside when I um. A movie that I actually kind of enjoyed in the way that uh, you enjoy them, and I, I think is a, an underrated movie. I didn't even watch this, but it's just an aside. Roger Corman made this movie called The Last Woman on Earth. Mm-hmm. When you watch the when you, see, when you see the poster, it's a public domain title, so you can watch it basically anywhere. The poster has this woman in like this pose where like one arm is by her side and the other one's up, and she looks like she's dramatically she's like, reaching for something. She's or... dramatically inclined towards the apocalypse or something, and uh, but the movie is basically just about these the you know th- that there are two guys and this one woman on and they're the last people on Earth, and um, the woman does not look like that. At all. Oh, darn. Um, well, to but, be fair, in Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, there's never a scene like no. that poster. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, she, when a movie can't deliver on its poster, you know that something well, that <laughs> it, was, it got hornswoggled. Well, that was the thing about Roger Corman. The posters were invariably better than the films. And, you know, say what you will about Roger Corman. He knew how to manipulate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, that, but the thing is, this is one of his better movies just because the script is a little bit smarter. Last Woman on Earth. Last Woman on Earth. It's written by Robert Town. Uh, you know, to Chinatown. So, okay, just uh, let me get on with something that I saw. Um, I watched a movie called Wild Tales, which I'd like to talk about. This movie is up for the best foreign film Oscar, not this recent Oscars, but the one before. This this is a this is a pretty awesome movie. Uh, it's a movie from uh, I'm gonna say Argentina. I thought originally it was from Spain. Um, it's by it's I forget the director's name, but it's basically it's kind of an anthology movie, all about these scenes that escalate into just violence and tension. Um, it's like the opening scene takes place on this airplane, where um, it's like these two people strike up a conversation uh, about this other guy that they apparently both know, but then this other person behind him is like. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I know him. Really? Oh, wow. Okay, that's cool. And then this other person pops up. Wait, you know that guy too? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Everybody on the plane knows this guy. And it's, it's like suddenly... Jay Gatsby. But it turns out, like, this guy organized all these people together. Because apparently this guy wasn't well-liked. But this guy's gathered them all on this airplane to crash and burn. What? Literally. Like they, they, it's like he, he, they made like this contest where you had to take this flight only then, and somehow got all of the people in his life together who made his life hell and <laughs> takes him out. And like, there's this other scene where, 
you see this guy just uh, cut this guy off and like uh, driving along, and it turns into a version of Duel, but much more. Uh, <laughs> let me put it this way: like, like this guy like passes by this other car that's trying to not let him pass. Then he gets a flat tire and has to pull off to the side of the road. The guy he cut off comes back to him, stops in front of him, and then the driver gets out and literally lets himself release on his car. And the two of them Because get... urination is funny. Well, urination and defecation, I guess. Both um, funny. Yes. And it just keeps going up and up and up until literally the two cars are on top of each other next to this riverbank. And well, don't spoil there, it. no, I won't say too much more. But my favorite sequence in this movie involves this wedding, where uh, this like seemingly happy couple, the 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 woman, the bride discovers that her husband's been cheating on her, and um, let's just say it gets really just wild from there. With it's literally in the title, like watching this movie, with the exception of one sequence, I I was watching this movie thinking. If I if I was younger, this would be the kind of movie I'd want to make. Hmm. It's just so satirical, like harshly satirical, but it's so funny, hmm. and you're just laughing because you can't believe what you're seeing. And um, if you happen to see it in your library, go check it out. The less I say about it, the better. And so yeah, Wild Tales. Nice. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about? No, just one thing. I saw Monsters vs. Aliens today. Okay. Uh, I and saw let me this say this about DreamWorks. They're not up to par with Pixar, but they make solid films. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I maybe they came close with the first Shrek. Maybe, maybe that was their closest touch to great. Kung Fu Panda is really good too. Oh yeah, Kung Fu Panda is great. But this one, yeah, this is pretty minor. Well, it's, it's fun. It's a it's a great concept. Yeah, I mean, it has all these famous B movie monster types up against aliens. It's like a mashup of everything that was 1950s. Also, a giant woman. A giant woman. Yeah, right. And <laughs> did you watch these movies because of that song from Steven Universe? No, that's different. <laughs> but Monsters vs. Aliens has a great voice cast too. Oh yeah, Reese uh, Witherspoon, Seth Rogen, Hugh Laurie. Oh yeah. Uh, Will Arnett, Kiefer Sutherland. Paul Rudd is in it, Stephen Colbert as the president. Yeah, you can't say that DreamWorks doesn't get together good people. Now, uh, as of now, the animation is kind of ugly. Uh, I mean, But, you know, it's been several years and things have progressed so much, although I'm not sure that it looked the greatest back when it came out either. But still, right. it, never, it never really bothers you. You just, you know, I've just been so spoiled lately that, you know, once this came up, it's like, it's, it's like watching a... It's... <laughs> It's like seeing a PS2 yeah. game after you've yeah. been, you know, after you've like played everything else. The movie's relatively entertaining. It's just not very memorable. Hmm. But it does have a lot of cool stuff. I mean, uh, would you say it's on par with Mega Mind? Yeah, it's right about. Because I remember you talked about that some yeah. time ago. Okay, uh, good. Uh, Monster vs. Aliens. All right, I have a few movies I want to talk about before we take a break. Um, again, I watched a lot of them, so I'm going to just talk about the ones that are really noteworthy for me. Um, there's a new horror film, which hopefully is still in theaters, called The Witch. Yeah. Which I can't recommend the this movie enough. The the, 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 the Witch. Yeah, yeah, because the W looks like two Vs, not a W. Because I believe at one time there wasn't a W in the English language. Right, but it wasn't, well. All right, that's a whole other thing together. This is 
a horror movie that in oh, some ways it's not Can I say something about Monsters vs. Aliens just to be very uh, fast? Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Alright. Here's what I realized. This was obviously a film made for three made with three D touches. Yeah. And there's another very subtle reference to another fifties B movie. And because it's a three D movie, I'm wondering if you can guess what it is. Um, wait, is it sci-fi or horror? It, the one I'm thinking of? Uh, House of Wax? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> That's but, the first movie but, I think of with 50s Because 3D. the first human character we see in this 3D animated movie is playing with a paddle ball. <laughs> I told you we need more paddle ball guys in films. That was, the, that was the scene in House of Wax where I was like ducking behind my chair, like, wait, what? Oh, oh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> and at that moment, I'm like, okay, this is too obscure for me not to enjoy. So yeah. let's get right into it. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. A, a lot of great references to B films in that, in that regard. All right. Back to what you were saying. All right. So The Witch is, unlike any horror movie you'll see this decade. You, you've talked about this before, haven't you? No, I think the movie came out since, like, in the time since we last recorded. Well, after the Oscar podcast? Um, right before the Oscar podcast. Oh, uh, we before. didn't talk about film, so... Yeah, okay. that was the thing. Um, this this also comes from a first-time director. His name's Robert Eggers, who I, just like with Dan Trachtenberg, I expect to see a lot of great things from this guy. The tone of this movie... Oh, man. Like, you sometimes hear directors talk about, well, I was influenced by Stanley Kubrick and uh, and people like Carl Dreyer. And you just kind of, like, roll your eyes, like, oh, go away, you film snob. Like, go away, you pretentious nothing. And I, I use pretentious in that sense of, oh, you're thinking of yourself way high. This guy is the real deal. This Because that's set in, in the 17th century New England. It's about this family who leaves their village and sets up their own little farm, but immediately there there's bad shit that happens. Like their baby gets stolen basically away. And, uh, this like teenage girl who can't blame it on the dingoes this time. No, but you can blame it on the young woman who like claims to not be a witch and probably isn't a witch, but everyone Only in her family a witch thinks would it is. Say that. It's a film drenched in, total religious anxiety it, it gets you into that frame of mind back when you like if you read a book like there's this book out there called delusion of satan which is all about the I'm paranoia right now. yeah it was all about the witch trials and i believe this story is supposed to take place several years before actual salem same area yeah chronological the thing is without saying too much actual witches do exist in this story but that doesn't make it any less frightening or chilling. It's presented in such a way that it's just slow building, but in a great way. That's You're, actually, that's it. I'm sorry, go on. No, no, no. It's it's stuck in, you get brought into this mind, into this place that feels very gray and dark brown. And it's just sinister. You feel like the flow of a sinister presence. Like, this is a movie that, no joke, the Church of Satan actually praised as a, a very faithful and wonderful movie. No, that doesn't mean anything. Church of Satan, you're just full of garbage. 
You heard it here first. Andrew from the Waits of Cinema calls out the Church of Satan. You're, you're, you're making me think of just, just as a quick aside. In UHF, there's this one moment where they have a parody of, like, Jerry Springer-type talk shows, and they show Weird Al Yankovic has on Satan. And he's like, oh, look, all I was trying to say is Weird Al Yankovic sh- sh- cuts him off like, oh, shut up, you pinhead. And he throws a glass of water in his face. It's like, you make me sick. <laughs> That's like you just now. But what were you about to say? Church of Satan. Um, it's actually... That's actually a really great premise for a horror film. I mean, nowadays we look at the Salem Witch Trials and like, oh, mass hysteria and everything. But then, like, what? If, and then it's like the what if? Well, what if there were witches? Yeah. Like that. What if we explored that a little? What if? It, what if you know? Aside from all this paranoia, there were actually people who used magic and worshipped Satan. Yeah. Well, you know, it's and it's not that the movie still doesn't have that. Uh, sense a little bit like the Crucible, where you know you're a witch. No, I'm not. Yes, you're a witch. No, I'm not. You know, especially because if you were a woman in that time, either you immediately got married and had kids, or you were a witch. Yeah. You know, Puritans, man. What are you gonna Damn do, Puritans? So go see the witch if it's still playing around you and you have a chance to see it. If it's it, spelled correctly. It's not Vivivich. Yeah, it's. You're gonna hear about this movie for decades to come. I think this is that solid a movie. All right. All right, so a couple more things. So, um, all right, let's see if we can get it done in two minutes. Well, not well, all the movies. I'll talk. I'll, you know, I'll talk about two movies. Okay, two more movies. Um, I rewatched the Maltese Falcon okay. on the big screen. Uh, obviously, one of the you know, I love this movie even more this time around. Um, it's you know, what what can you say? It's good old Dashiell Hammett and Sam Spade. Right. Um, not the first version of the Maltese Falcon either. No, it's not. I would probably say it's the best. I mean, what strikes you the the most about seeing it this time? Um, I got a little bit more. Well, I think the thing about this movie I got this time was seeing the Bogart persona kind of created before your eyes. Mm-hmm. This guy who is very who is tough, but mostly with his words. And he's very sarcastic and cynical. But there is a real wounded heart underneath. Like, he would basically play a version of this character in Casablanca. Yeah, which uh, I love. Yeah, in Treasure of the Sierra Madre, in uh, so many other movies. Because there's, like, a scene near the end of Maltese Falcon where... uh, I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, where he explains, you know, all about his partner and everything. Well, well, yeah, but he explains why he has to hand her over. And you see the logic forming as he's sitting there. And it's a kind of a tragic moment in what is otherwise a very entertaining movie. Yeah. So, wait, you know, total classic. So I saw that, and I watched a Fellini movie I'd never seen before called oh. City of Women. Huh. Women. 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 Um, City of the 50-Foot Woman. Yeah. Well, pretty much that. I it's, take that title. I'm going to use it. Well, basically, Marcello Mastriani gets off of a train and tries to follow this woman that he wants to bang into a city full of women. Well, at least wow. that's the idea. It's not exactly a city. It's more like a convention of full of women. And, um, you know, obviously, wackiness ensues because it's Fellini and it's his uh, doppelganger, Marcello Mastriani. <laughs> um, you know, it's full of Fellini magic. Not one of his great films, I'd say, but it is a whole lot of fun. It's no Satyricon. Uh, it's a little <laughs> better than Satyricon, I'd say. Oh, actually. you. Yeah, no, me. All right. All right. So, if you uh, have any thoughts about the movies we just talked about, um, you know, again, email us at wageofcinema at gmail.com. 
Uh, we're also on Facebook, Wages of Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, sorry, just not Gmail at Facebook. Um, and also Twitter at Wages of Cinema. And also, we're on Instagram now. Yeah. So you can follow, just type in Wages of Cinema, and you'll see, I'll po- I, we post a lot of fun pictures. You can see what Andrew looks like, which is kind of like, you can now see what the hidden creature under the stairs in your bed, uh, Andrew, is. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> um, oh, also as an aside, uh, so we haven't been on the air for, like, in an official episode like this for a couple weeks now. But so if you want to see, uh, I'm on Letterboxd. So if you want to check out any of the movies that I've watched in the past month, I have like a whole list of them there. Uh, but anyway, when we come back, uh, we're going to get into our cinema immersion tank movies. So stay tuned. See you there. <laughs>